Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hello there. Welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nazanin Moali. If you are like me, a fan of Game of Thrones, you're probably so excited that the new season is on. I'm recording this episode before starting and airing the first episode, but I thought it would be a great time to have a second episode on this topic. What inspired this episode is that I was approached by a journalist, a Canadian journalist, that she wanted to publish the piece on Game of Thrones. And I did some research on the area and I thought it would be a great topic for us to talk about it. Definitely check out the interview I had with Tamara, which is she's a great sex therapist and therapist early on. I leave a link in the show notes. Today, I'm going to talk about it from a different perspective. I'm going to talk about why kind of people associate Game of Thrones as a heavily erotic show, why it's there's so many emotions around sex and sexuality. Also, I did this survey in my people on my email list and also my social media about top five scenes that people found hot and erotic. And I'm going to talk about those scenes. I'm going to talk about what to do if you want to incorporate that in your life. If you find it erotic and this is something that you want to kind of explore, we can certainly talk about that as well. Before I dive into the episode, I have a disclaimer to make. Many of people in my email list and people who answered on Facebook mostly are heterosexual cisgender individuals. So I can imagine that the answers I got is biased toward that population. Also, my my husband kind of brought up an excellent point. He mentioned that if someone has enjoyed the Jeffrey's scene of torturing the prostitute Ross, they're not going to put it out there because of the bias and taboo associated with that scene. So I would imagine many of the responses I got was more what would fall in code and code normative range. Anyhow, if you like this show, please make sure you're sharing it in your social media. Without further ado, here's this episode. Well, first thing I wanted to talk about is when people talk about Game of Thrones, they almost always mention the sex scenes. The journalist, her name was Natalie. She had an excellent point. She mentioned that compared to other shows in HBO, like Mad Men or California Cation and so many other shows, the frequency of sex scenes are not more. It's about an average, only one per episode. So she wanted to know why is it that we are so focused on sex in Game of Thrones? Well, I thought about it. There are a few factors associated with that. One of the main reason I, I feel is it because how the season and the series started. So the first episode that we saw was 
one of the most taboo sex scenes in the history of programming. It was a picture image of Cersei and her twin brother engaging in sensual sex scenes through the eyes of Bran, so a child. So this was very shocking. We saw it very early on. And I think many of those shocking scenes were kind of uh, loaded at the beginning, which caused us to kind of like see the more sexual than it is. There is this concept in psychology. We talk about it as a primacy effect. So if you're thinking about, if you're getting several images and people want you to remember you're most likely going to remember the items and the images on the beginning of the list and the end of the list. And my hypothesis is that just because we were exposed to that very shocking sex scenes early on, that's why we perceive it more sexual than what it is. The other reason is most other series, they show mostly vanilla sex with the occasional threesome, uh, usually two female, one male. So it's not extremely taboo. And we are by this point very desensitized to seeing these scenes. But Game of Thrones showed a diverse range of human sexual interest. They certainly had BDSM scenes, which was Daenerys and Dario and Ramsey and Sansa. They had orgies. They had the obsession of King Joffrey to killing and torturing, which had an erotic tone to it, which is missing from the other shows. Well, the other question that many people have that does this show give a legitimacy to for people to have certain taboo fantasies and making them more mainstream? Uh, well, I recently, if you are a listener of this show, know that I interviewed Dr. Justin Lay Miller. He just published a book called Tell Me What You Want. And he talked about, based on his research, the most common sexual fantasies among Americans. So the fantasies that people reported, and this is a very recent study, was multiple partner sex. Second category, power, control, and rough sex. Third category, novelty, adventure, and variety. Fourth category, taboo and forbidden sex. Fifth category, partner sharing and non-monogamous relations. Sixth category, passion and romance. And seventh category is erotic flexibility. So these are the areas that we see in Game of Thrones. So it's not like we never had these desires. The way that our society is, we learn to censor ourselves and don't talk about our what falls outside code and code common fantasies. So if you found it, what would that say if you find a taboo episode or taboo scene in Game of Thrones erotic? First of all, if you find and notice yourself getting physiologically aroused, it doesn't necessarily mean that what you saw was part of your erotic template. Even at times, many of the rape victims... While they're getting raped, their body responds. And this does, says nothing about whether they enjoyed the sex or not, or they aroused in a, like a psychological way. The way our body works is that we might feel arousal. And what would that say is that the information presented on the picture is erotically irrelevant. So it's sexually relevant. So that's all it can be. 
So many times people see a scene, they feel aroused and they never fantasize about it. So I feel at times I have clients that they get very scared because they have, they get aroused to something, but they don't find it necessarily erotic later on. So if you, you notice that, that there was an incessant or there was this torture scene and you found yourself attracted to it, it doesn't necessarily mean that this may or may not be part of your erotic template. So number five on the list, what was the Doran characters, Oberyn and Ilaria, and their orgy? And many people found that erotic. Well, first of all, based on Dr. Laymiller research, group sex fantasies are single most popular sexual fantasies among Americans today. So in his research, he found that about one third of participants described their fantasies about multiple partner sex. So that is something that many people fantasize about it. There are different versions of it. Some people fantasize about having a threesome or it was an or it would be an orgy that they find attractive. What I, what I think it was very interesting about this scene was how joyful and uh, willing both partner and all partners were. So it was one of the few consensual episodes, consensual sex in the Game of Thrones episodes. And usually based on my experience with clients is that when, when people think about group sex fantasies, the attraction falls for within various areas. One area is that they want to be center of attention. So it's about their role in the fantasy, not necessarily who is in there. The other part of it, it's about the context. Dr. Bader, many years ago, I think a few decades ago, published this book called Arousal. And it talked about how many people feel shamed around their sexuality and they feel too much and he talked about how in his case studies, he found that, for example, women or men, that they fear their sexuality is too much. They love being part of a group sex because it's they don't burdening their one partner with their sexuality. So I, I thought that was very interesting. And for many of my clients, these orgy fantasies is more about putting on a show. So being seen is part of it. So what can you do and how you can incorporate it in your fantasy life and in your real, real life? Well, I think first thing, whenever you want to enact a fantasy in real life, I want you to keep in mind that you need to have two factors, kind of consider two factors. First factor is that all the partners need to be uh, consenting to this. And I can talk, elaborate about it more on other areas, but there are situations that you are exposing unwilling partner to part of your fantasy, which I think it's not morally right or legally at, at sometimes you can get in trouble. The other piece of it is whether the other people in the area is getting harmed. So what is the harmful byproduct of you acting on, on that fantasy? So, for example, if you find the orgy scene attractive, there are different ways that you can incorporate it. If you are, for example, in a monogamous uh, heterosexual relationship or monogamous homosexual relationship, one way is kind of maybe you guys can incorporate porn into it and kind of watching porn. And then while you're having sex and kind of fantasizing about it, 
is part of it. There are events that you can go, I guess, like after you're exploring with, it with your partner, talking about it, and also uh, maybe like a role playing with porn at home. There are events that you can go. For example, I know for swingers, there are events in LA that you can go and kind of explore this. It doesn't mean like you going to that event, have you have to have sex with other people. But at times, my clients find it erotically very charged when they go with their partner to these events and they flirt and may perhaps they make out or you can go to a club or bar with your partner and in front of them, they're kind of making out with someone else. So there are different versions of this fantasy that you can play out if you want to play it out. So there's certainly a spectrum. Whenever we want to play out our uh, fantasies, my recommendation to you is that certainly start very small because like you cannot take it back if something happens and you're kind of acting out in a more profound way. So definitely talk to your partner about it and start with the smallest way that you can incorporate it. The fourth scene that was very attractive to many people was sex scene between Queen Daenerys and Carl Drago. And many people found the rape scene attractive and some equal number of people thought the scene that she took charge was attractive. Something about rape and forced sex that I wanted to say, it's a very, very common fantasy, especially for women. There was a study that published recently that said number one fantasy for women under 40 is rape fantasies. It doesn't mean that women want to play it out in a way that is in their fantasies, but going back to Bader's book on arousal, he was talking about we have this sense of shame around sexuality. We're socialized and learned from childhood that sex is shameful. And what happens when there's a rape situation, forced sex situation, uh, we're surrounding our power. So therefore, we are able to kind of like enjoy this. We give ourselves permission psychologically to enjoy the sex. So if that was something that was erotic for you or you, you like Carl Drago's role, super, super important to start with talking to your partner about it kind of you can perhaps kind of like tell them that that was very sexy scene and then you can talk about how you can incorporate it in your relationship whenever if if you ever wanted to do the forced sex scenes with your partner very important to have few things in place first of all you want to have a safe board you want to be able to feel you are at control of the scene. So, you know, you might feel okay beforehand to do something, but if you are in the context, sometimes you find it very triggering and overwhelming. You have to have the power to stop it in the middle. That's part of it. Also, I find it very erotic for many of my clients, at least that's what they're sharing with me, that if they can write the script of the forced sex they're going to have. 
So like telling their partner that I want you to come in that that time of the day through the window, through the balcony, and I want you to do this, that, and so very specific things. So they know what's coming up, but it's not necessarily, it's a surprise to them. So they're psychologically prepared for that because I feel it's one of those sexual fantasies that can cause lots of psychological scars if you got, you're not able to play it out in a correct way. Uh, so that that's part of it. The other part that many people found erotic was when she, Khaleesi, kind of turned to Carl Drago and told him, look, at, look into my eyes and kind of like changed the dynamic and took control of the scene. And many people loved that because she transformed from a victim, from an object to a loved woman. And this was very empowering. And also there was this element of BDSM into it. So if you are interested in that scene, if that's something that you found attractive and you're a female, you can maybe, or a male, start with kind of like, quote unquote, bossing around your partner in the bedroom and demanding things and demanding what you want. And that can be a really sexy way of increasing the temperature in the bedroom with kind of asking what you want. So that's that's something else that people found attractive. For me, I, I wasn't never, I was assured that with uh, people who responded to my social media that I never got over the fact of the Daenerys rape scene that was very painful for me to watch. It wasn't triggering, but to me, because I work with many sexual assault survivors, I got to know that all parties involved are really enjoying it in order for me to feel aroused. For example, for me, orgy sex was definitely more heavily charged than the rape sex that they had. And even afterward, after they fell in love, I, I wasn't able to find it as sexy and erotic. Number three on the list was Queen Daenerys and Jon Snow's sex and the last episode of last season. Well, I guess they're they're both gorgeous. I think what was missing from that was the storyline. So many people, as I mentioned, they found the romance, romance part of the romance scripts very erotic. So this is not a surprise to you because you probably saw people going crazy about around kind of movies like Titanic or around notebooks. So that's something that you probably heard before. What I didn't like about it was that I felt this storyline wasn't well developed. So when when you're going for a romantic, passionate scene, you got to make sure that you're developing that kind of like from the place of kind of flirtatious place of mutual admiration to a sex scene. And I felt there was like, Several scenes were missing, so I felt that wasn't necessarily very erotic, but many, many, many people in my uh, email list, they found that uh, scene very erotic. I think one also, a turnoff for some people was that knowing that they were related as they were talking about in the narrative also was another turnoff for people. The second one that people awarded was Rob Stark and Lady Talisa, the woman who was a medicine woman. And many people found it erotic because, again, it was on the theme of intimacy, romance, and passion. So there was this really beautiful story of like 
taboo and forbidden sex because Rob was supposed to be with another woman, which was the arranged kind of situation. Then he fell in love with her. And I think, and they were talking about this vulnerabilities and fear that they had. And the sex scene was very well produced. And I was like, it didn't necessarily hurt that it was on a dirty floor and it was very, very well produced. So I guess if you find that part that scene sexy. I think one thing that's very important and I think many people took from that scene was like it was spontaneous. So they were talking and then one thing led to another and they started having sex. So if if you find that attractive, I think you got to create a context that you can be uh, spontaneous with your partner. For example, like many of my clients and colleagues with small children, they want to have spontaneous sex. However, there's no, like either they're tired, children involved, around, so they cannot be spontaneous. They're not going to be in the mood. So if you want to have a spontaneous sex, I encourage you to create a context for it. For example, have this date night that you and your partner going out and you may or may not have sex, but still like you can possibly be in the mood to have sex and also you are in the mindset for it. So I think one one thing about that scene that was interesting for many people was like how sex happened and it was spontaneous. And number one scene which was my favorite as well, was Jon Snow and Ygritte scene, the very first season with Wildling and a woman. And I think what was great about it, that it incorporated many, many different elements of people's fantasy. There was a component of intimacy, romance, and passion. The storyline was very well, well produced. There was this strong forbidden element to it, which was the fact that they were kind of for working on opposite sides. The woman was from the wildling and Jon Snow was part of the people who were protecting the walls, Nightwatch. And the other part was Jon Snow's vow for celibacy. So there are so many things that was playing out on that scene that kind of make it more erotic. Also, I think it's my, this is my personal opinion that the fact that as, as some of you guys might know that in real life, the characters married, they were dating and they fell in love in that, in that season. So you can totally feel there was an element of authenticity, which was missing. For example, with Jon Snow and Queen Daenerys, I felt it was too scripted. It was mechanical. But you could almost feel the spark between Jon Snow and Igrit. So I think that was very interesting. And they really kind of like played the uh, played out the forbidden part. As Jon Snow was saying, like, we shouldn't. And then the woman said, we should. And I think one thing that was very hot that she said, I want you to see me and I want you to see all of me. And I think that that was kind of like played into the theme of truly being seen, sex as a way for connection, an intimate connection with another person versus a transactional way of gaining power or sex for money that we see in the other part of the show, other season uh, episode and seasons of the show. And could almost feel this sexual urge that was building up and the tension and they finally got a chance to play it out, I think, which was very erotic. And I think 
also, and I know in based on studies, like the fact that he was a virgin kind of like added to great element to the sex scenes because many of people's sexual experiences get shaped uh, and fantasies around their first sexual experience that they had. And most importantly, it was consensual. They both were desiring each other. So I think that was another thing that added. So for this one, and also the second one, similar to Rob and Talisa episode. So if you want to recreate it, I think big part of it was the buildup. So you can start with kind of flirting with your partner. For example, you know, you want to have sex Friday night or you want, you know, you're going to have sex summer Saturday afternoon, one or two day before start with heavily flirting with your partner, kind of trying to see the partner from the eyes that you were looking at them at the beginning of the relationship and then kind of like escalate things and you can kind of like at the end, change it to sexting and also add an element of novelty and taboo to the situation. For example, they had this, the environment was so beautiful and also fascinating and hot. So they had sex at the cave. So you can perhaps go skinny dipping with your partner, or you can have sex at a place like a restaurant, restroom in the restaurant, restroom in the concert. There are different places you can have sex that can give you that taste of forbidden sex. And I can guarantee you, I, I have clients that they found sexual adventure a value for them and even after indulging a couple times per year in this situation that can increase your satisfaction from your relationship anyhow this was all the things i had for today i'm kind of curious to hear your thought about it and please let me know what was one of your favorite sexual scenes and i'll talk to you guys next week Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.